Welcome to the Stony Plain Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community that is about discovering fullness of life for everyone by practicing the way of Jesus together. Oh, Jesus is good, isn't he? This world is broken, but Jesus is good. Just take that in. Just think about that. There's been a lot of resistance and distractions around us this week, and none of it has changed the fact that Jesus is good. His kingdom's breaking through. It's transforming our lives in this place. So you can just kind of lay back in your seat a bit and relax. He's got this. Receive his peace today. I want to start with this question, and that is just to kind of get your memories going. When did Jesus' story break into your lives? When was the first time you heard about Jesus? When was the first time you experienced his love in your life? Sometimes we, we do. We come to know Jesus before we, or we, know, we come to know about Jesus before we, we know him. Um, Jesus entered my life before my earliest memories. Twelve months old, my kidneys were failing, and my parents had been running around the hospital looking for a Polaroid camera because the doctor said, your son won't make it through the night, so get a picture of him now. But I lived, obviously. (laughs) And a few days later, my mom was leaving the hospital again, and she was upset. It was midnight. We were at the Edmonton General, so she was out on Jasper Ave waiting for a bus to go home to my brother and my dad. And uh, there was a kid out there, 12 or 13 years old, at midnight, downtown Edmonton, all alone. And he approached my mom and he said, can I pray for you? And she told him to take off. And then he got on the bus with her and the bus was empty. And he went and sat with her on an empty bus. Can I pray for you? And so my mom had her, allowed this boy to pray and for her and for me. Before I could even talk, before I could even ask anything, Jesus was at work in my life. Later, my mom would come to faith in Christ and then she would lead me to pray and receive Jesus as Lord and Savior in my life. But he had always been there. And that's the thing, like whenever that moment was when Jesus broke into your life, he was working in you and for you before that. Before we were knit together in our mother's womb, God was thinking about us. You are deeply loved. Wherever you're at today, he has so much more story to write, amen? We're looking at our vision today, and our SPAC family vision is this, fullness of life for everyone by practicing the way of Jesus together. And we're going to unpack this today and next week a bit more, um, but, but I want to back us up a little bit first. Why is it important to have a vision together as a community? Well, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen in the message, it says this, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Isn't that true? But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. And our vision is kind of like a a title of a chapter to the story that Jesus is writing. It's not the whole book, but it's capturing this part of the journey that we're on. And and nobody here pulled a Moses on the mountaintop and came down and said, Now, Stony Plain Alliance, this is what thou shalt do. But rather through our family of believers, through shared meetings and experiences, 
And then with the spiritual guidance of the staff and the elders and the leaders, this vision statement was prayerfully constructed to capture where Jesus is bringing us. It's rooted in scripture. It's connected to the biblical story. And it embraces the experiences of our community. And and it's prayerfully intended to capture our holy imaginations and give us hope and inspiration. Our vision, fullness of life for everyone by practicing the way of Jesus together. I'm just going to look at the first part today, fullness of life for everyone. And to go there, what I want to do is I want to bring us back to the place where Jesus' followers first encountered him. And so if you have your Bibles or your swipey device app, go to Matthew 4.17. And uh, this is the beginning uh, of what was referred to as Jesus' earthly ministry. But again, Jesus was at work before this. I mean, just go to the Old Testament prophecies and all of the, the work God was doing to prepare for this moment. And this is the place where we see his first disciples invited into his story. So Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, and they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. And at once they left their nets and they followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. And they were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. And Jesus called to them. And immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. Much of the Bible is written in stories. Narratives that demonstrate God's interaction with people. And we we think of some of those stories, and there's kind of the big ones that come to mind, right? Adam and Eve eating from the tree they weren't supposed to. David fighting Goliath. Daniel thrown into the lion's den. Or Paul being blinded on the road to Damascus. And then we see Jesus also taught in these parables. And then he found these thin space moments. Ordinary life and something extraordinary would happen. Whether it was a miracle being performed, a life-changing decision, or some kind of epiphany. And, we, and we, maybe we'd refer to them as kingdom breakthroughs. Touches of heaven on earth. But they all happen in daily rhythm of life. And God has wired us to learn through stories. And these stories are like seeds planted in our hearts. And we find these simple stories like this one we just read. Two brothers, two sets of brothers, working on their fishing gear. And Jesus walks along and he calls for them. It's so simple, but it's so life-changing. Because it's easy to put ourselves into this story. And we ask, you know, how would I respond? Has Jesus ever called to me? What if I missed his calling? Or what if I say yes to his calling? Look at verse 17, because the call to these men, it doesn't come out of nowhere. Jesus has already been preaching in the area. Some scholars suggest that he might have been teaching for close to a year before he chose his disciples. And his message is good news, but it starts with this jarring word, repent. When I worked downtown, there was a guy who stood by the Bay LRT station, and he had a bullhorn and he stood on a milk crate. And he would yell this word, (laughs) repent. And everybody would duck their head, including me, and we would go past them as fast as he could. Just don't make eye contact, right? Like, He's going to say something else. But then we look at Jesus, 
and he drew crowds, and people leaned into his teaching, and he used the same word. Maybe his approach was different. The word repent means to reconsider or to think differently. And we've been culturally trained to hear this word repent with anger and attitude, right? Repent, turn or burn. But Jesus used it as an invitation. He also used phrases like this. He said, you've heard it said this way, but I tell you this. Or he'd tell a story about a guy who was on a road or a lost sheep or an owner of a vineyard. And there were all ways for us to reconsider what if God has a better plan for our lives than the ones we're currently pursuing? What if God has an adventure beyond our wildest imaginations? Repent, turn from the path you're on, and move towards the kingdom of Jesus. You'll find a life of meaning and purpose. And here's the guarantee, it won't be easy, and you will not find comfort, but it'll be refreshing and completely satisfying. So our vision calls us to explore what Jesus described as fullness of life. And the word fullness comes from the second part of John 10.10. But I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. It's, It's the line that is in line with the Lord's prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not a health and wealth lifestyle. It's not hot yoga and lattes. Jesus says we will have trouble. We will face hardship. We will be insulted and we will possibly even face persecution. But in the midst of it all, there will be love and joy and peace and all the fruit of the kingdom experience. Fullness of life literally means life with abundance. It means experiencing touch points of heaven here and now. It's the presence of God tangibly connected with. Fullness means to experience life beyond measure, excessive and superabundant. It leaves us with no want. Psalm 23 says, if Jesus becomes our shepherd, we shall not want. We will have everything that we need and we'll even recognize it. And fullness of life is all about eternal life, but it's about eternal life that breaks in here and now. And when I was transitioning between jobs um, over the last couple years, I've transitioned through more jobs than I can count, but um, there was this level of weight that was falling on me and I didn't want to lose my thankfulness. So I started to write down all of the miracles I could think of over the last five, kind of six, seven years. And, and I started writing them down. Moments that only could happen if Jesus showed up. Things that are impossible for people to do. Write down those things. And, and it was like healing of the sick, um, the bringing of deliverance and freedom, saving of lost people. And as I was writing down this list, and I spent a few days working on this list, and it got long. In the last five years, I've probably seen over 30 healings. Little stuff, but, it, but significant stuff. Headaches and backaches being healed. But then some bigger things. Mental illness healed. Depression lifted. Cancer healed. Infertility healed. We have seen dozens of deliverances. The enemy defeated and the gates of hell smashed in. And then there's the soul care. Emotional, beautiful emotional healing. One time I saw this lady go for prayer for her foot. And I wasn't on the prayer team. I was watching. Rhea was a part of the prayer team. And the Holy Spirit whispered to me. He says, watch Jesus heal her heart through her foot. Stuff only Jesus can do. Pain, abuse, neglect, bullying, healed, and strength and confidence restored. 
We have heard people for the first time hear the Spirit's voice and the affirmation of God's love for them. Their spiritual ears opened and they just weep as they know that the God of the universe cares about them and loves them and is for them. We've seen lost people saved by Jesus. There was this time we were at our kitchen table, we were doing a Bible study, and this lady who worked at the local Starbucks was there. And in the middle of the study, there was no altar call or anything, but she just looks at the ceiling and she cries out, Jesus, come and save me, be the Lord of my life. And there's some there that didn't know Jesus yet too, and they're, they're like, what's going on? And we're like, she's just having a moment, let's let, let it go. Like, like, stuff that only Jesus can do. And I long to see so much more of it. However, if you're like me, while all of this amazing stuff is going on, we get stuck in dry places. And we start to question, God, where are you? (laughs) It's like he's all around. He's doing stuff all the time. We question, we say, like, is my faith even real? And we look at the scriptures and maybe like the book of Acts and we see how when the Spirit's moving, how these incredible things happen and, and, and we long for that. But you know, today isn't that different. Today, we're fighting over masks and vaccines. The early church fought around issues of what type of meat to eat. People haven't changed that much. People disagree and fight. Leaders struggle and stumble to try to pull them together. But listen to this, where people haven't changed, or at least people haven't changed much, Jesus never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he keeps showing up and he keeps doing amazing stuff because it's who he is. He is the God who never runs out. His love, his power, his joy, his grace, his life, it's infinite. It's full beyond measure. He is the God who can do more than we ask or even more than we imagine. Do we want more of Jesus? He wants us to have more too. He's not holding back. Fullness of life. What adventure does Jesus have for us? John's gospel says that Jesus only did what he saw his father doing. And it summarizes in chapter 21, verse 25. It says, Jesus did many other things as well that couldn't be recorded in the gospel of John. And he goes on, he says this, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. There is no dull moments with Jesus. Life to the full. We're invited into it. So here we are in our text, and there's four fishermen, and they're standing on the beach. It's an ordinary day, but something extraordinary is about to happen. They are presented with a choice that would never have happened any other time. You see, the rabbis of the day, they would walk around all high and mighty, and they would wait for the best students to come and approach them and ask to be mentored, ask them to tell them their interpretation of God's plan and rules for living. But then God himself comes down and he shows up on a beach. And he doesn't wait to be asked his interpretation of life. Instead, he calls out and he offers a choice, an invitation into a story. The kingdom of heaven breaks out in exactly the place you would not expect it. Verse 19, come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Jesus invites the fishermen to come But he invites them with this challenge. If you follow me, you will be transformed and you will become something different than you are now. Come, Stony Plain Alliance Church. You are invited. You are in a town with a painted past, but look, Jesus is painting a brighter future. 
when you choose to follow and go on this journey, you will not be the same people you are now. Not because you're given a list of rules, but because the story of God will become your story. Your life and his life will become one. You will be written into his book. So if you're here today, and you're, or if you're even listening to this online, I want you to know this. You have not missed the call. You are invited to follow Jesus wherever you are in your faith. You are invited deeper into the journey than you've ever gone before. This calling is not to religion. It's not to teaching. This is to the person, Jesus himself. Jesus chooses who he calls. And we don't have to have it all figured out. We just need to believe he does. Jesus is calling us to fullness of life, as our vision says, fullness of life for everyone. The kingdom life we're called to extends far beyond our walls and beyond the reach of this church family. We're connected way back to God's plan in Genesis 12, 2 and 3. It says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you will curse and all people on earth will be blessed through you. God's plan is to build a community that's so immersed, uh, immersed sorry, in the fullness of life that all people would be blessed by the way that they live. And Jesus invites us to come. And he gives us full access to his life and all of the resources of heaven. But we're called to hold them with open hands. Everything that we're blessed with is something that we can pass on to others. Jesus calls it the freely receiving and freely giving ministry. We get to bless. And I believe through blessing we will create a space in our lives and in this place where everyone can find belonging, a place to be heard, a place to be honored, a place to be loved and encouraged. And through belonging and seeing how we follow Jesus, people will have the opportunity to believe in him too. Michael Frost is an Australian pastor and professor, and he's known to be a little bit provo provocative and edgy. Um, he has a prophetic voice, though, in this time. And I love this quote he has about Jesus. The Christian experience is not primarily formed by our liturgy, doctrine, or ecclesiology, the way we do church. As important as those might be, we are formed by the dangerous stories of our great hero. I was at this conference, and he was speaking... And he said, Christians need to live questionable lives. And he pointed out that throughout history, Christians have been known to live in such a loving way, but countercultural way, that it caused the people around them to ask questions. Do we only look like the people around us? Or is the journey of being with Jesus changing us? Are our families, our friends, our neighbors starting to ask questions? Who are you? And why do you do what you do? Peter, one of our fishermen from Matthew 4, after his journey physically walking with Jesus, tells us, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Have an answer for the people who ask. Embrace fullness of life in a way that causes others to ask questions. I can't help but wonder that as Peter wrote this, someone who had first-hand experience of what the full life really looked like completely embodied. 
He said, man, if other people live like this, it's going to turn a lot of heads. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of questions. We better have answers. The good news of the gospel is that it is for everyone. Jesus was lifted up on the cross so that all people would be drawn to him. And again, our friend in 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Everyone to come to repentance. Everyone to reconsider that the life Jesus offers is the best experience, the best life that we could ever embrace. Fullness of life. It's for you. It's for your family. It's for your neighborhood. And it's the greatest news this world has ever known. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. To discover more about Stony Plain Alliance Church and its ministries, visit our website at spaconline.com. Grace and peace.